Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Asher Marketing Podcast. I'm Anthony Giuliano, and tonight's guest is a surprise guest, Jill Brown. Hi, Jill. Hi, Anthony. Thank you for pinch hitting. So here's what happened. We had someone who was supposed to join us tonight who could not make it, and Jill happened to be sitting down in her office working away late into a Tuesday evening. And so as to make good use of the podcast setup that we had, I said, hey, Jill, how about we go tonight instead of July? So thank you. Thank you for being quick on your feet. Certainly. It took you a whole two minutes to make the commute from downstairs. It did. Well, if you haven't guessed already, Jill is one of my coworkers here at Asher Agency, and she has been with Asher for 29 years. Correct. So we're going to talk about that, <laughs> and we're going to talk about how you ended up here, what okay. you do here, mm-hmm. and what else you do as a marketer and as a community volunteer, because you do some of that stuff, too. I do. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Okay. And you grew up in Decatur, Indiana. I did. I did. Went to grade school and high school there. All right. And you went to Ball State University, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Cardinal. And, and then you were going to conquer the world. You were going to go live somewhere else. And I did. So tell us about that. Tell us where you went, what you were doing, and okay. where you went from there. So right after I graduated, I moved to Virginia Beach, Virginia, with about $800 and what I could fit in my car. Didn't have a job. Got there and started pounding the pavement. My first job was a sales assistant, so pseudo-advertising, at the CBS affiliate in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So backing up for a second, why Virginia Beach? Because it has a beach? Um, Well, I met some people when I was out over spring break. Yes. And I had a place to live. Okay. So you can't usually move 800 miles away and have a place to live for free till you get your feet on the ground. So. What the heck? Okay, so you're working at a CBS affiliate. Yep. Doing sales. No, I was a secretary. Secretary, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I worked there for a little over a year and then got in with a very small boutique, advertising boutique, uh, priming company, family owned. And I worked as a media assistant. So that's where my media career launched. And you actually studied advertising. In college, I did. Right? You're one of the few people we have on this podcast who's actually doing the thing that you studied in college. That's crazy. Yeah. So how long are you in Virginia Beach and what is that experience like and what happens then? I was in Virginia Beach for seven years. Best thing about Virginia Beach was the softball season lasted from April through November. Okay. So played a lot of traveling ball. Well, then I get a call from my sister and say, there are these two brothers in Fort Wayne you need to talk to. Okay. So did you have any intention of moving back home? No. All right. None. I was going to stay somewhere warm and waterish. Okay. So these brothers, Tim and Tom Borney, I would assume. Yep. What did they tell you that enticed you to consider moving back? Um, My interview with them lasted about seven hours. Okay. And I liked them. They both were awesome. My family is in Decatur, as you mentioned. My grandparents were getting older. I had my first nephew had been born. Second one was due soon. And we went back and forth and agreed on a deal. And I moved here 10 days later. All right. Okay. So tell us about your role at Asher. You are Senior v- VP of Media. Do I have that right? That's, yes. You think I would know that? That works. That okay. works. All right. So what does that mean? When I talk to classes, as an, as an example, I explain my job as being a professional shopper. Okay. I spend other people's money 
for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, that usually gets the girls all excited because of shopping. Sure. But what I do is I recommend where our clients should spend their money to reach their audience for whatever given product, service they are selling. All right. And when you started, it was pretty much outdoor, radio, TV, and print. And now it's that plus a million other things. Yep. So how do you make sense of everything that's out there and decide what to recommend for clients? It's, It's a big puzzle. It's a big jigsaw puzzle, and you fit the pieces together based on what options are available, what is affordable, what time frame, uh, what data is available, and you throw it all together and you come out with a, a plan. All right. Well, now, I don't want you to give away too many trade secrets, but most people don't buy media for a living, so yeah. things that are probably elementary to you are a mystery to other people. What are some of like the 10,000-foot rules of thumb that you use? And I'll give you an example of something that I think you do, and I only know this because if, if it's right, it's because you told me about it. If it's wrong, it's my fault. <laughs> but we're in an environment where you don't want to buy just one medium because things are too fragmented. Correct. What are some other rules of thumb that you you know that might be helpful to people if they're looking at how does media work and what do media buyers consider in 2021? The biggest thing is you got to find your consumers, your potential customers, where they live. Mm -hmm. It used to be we were... um, they came to us, you know, TV, you, they they come and listen to us. Well, now you can get video in so many different places and consumers are very selective about where they spend their time. So we have to go to them on their terms. That's a big switch in how we did things even five years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So more of a captive audience in the past. And I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm kind of an example of that because I don't I, I don't have cable TV. Mm-hmm. I listen to probably five minutes of commercial radio every year, and that's just when I'm renting a car and I haven't yet figured out how to plug my phone in or attach my phone. I don't have a print newspaper subscription. There's a couple of magazines I still subscribe to, and that's about it. So I, you know, for me, it's the way you can reach me outdoor still works because mm-hmm. I you know, have to look out my windshield occasionally and digital. Yep. It, it, but traditional is still, you know, very viable. How do you balance between traditional and digital and all the other options that are out there? It Again, we go where people live. We look at data to see where are our potential customers spending their time. Is it with television? If it's with television, what kind of TV? Is it cable? Is it OTT, over-the-top television, which is a digital form of video? Is it broadcast? Is it live sports? Is it comedies, dramas, news? Lots of options, but it's examining where our customers consume their media. Yeah, because every almost everyone consumes some kind of media, Absolutely. even if they don't see it as consuming mm-hmm. media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's switch gears for a second. I want to hear your take on this entity called Asher Agency. Because I've been here for 16 years, but you've been here for nearly twice that long. Yeah. So what was it like when you started, and how has it changed over the years? Wow. Um, well, when it started, we were in a house down the road. Mm-hmm. My office was the master bedroom okay. of an old house. 
Um, so a lot of naps. You took a lot yeah, of naps. Yeah, a lot of naps. Yes. A lot of naps. Okay. So we migrated down the block to where we are now. And when we started, we only had enough people for about half the offices on the second floor. Okay. That has evolved considerably. Yeah. Um, we were primarily a local shop with almost all of our business being within Indiana and Ohio. Mm-hmm. Well, we grew and grew and grew, and now we are a regional slash national agency handling accounts across the country. Okay. So you don't do this work alone. You have a team that works with you. Talk to me about some of the folks on your team, and and I want to slightly embarrass them, but also give them the credit they are due, your team members. So take that wherever you want to go. Who are okay. some of the people you work with, and All what right. do they do, and how does that complement your work? Well, in the media department, we have Tessa. Yep. up. She is quiet and just gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. I mean, she works her butt off and is amazing. We have Marina McQuarrie. She can do magic with numbers. She's amazing. And then we have Jeremy uh, Jacobs. He is a car freak. And I thought his last name, his his social media handle is Jeremy Jalopies. That would go with the cars. And I thought cars. that was his real last oh, did name you? for a while. So. <laughs> no, no. Um, and he helps us with everything we need help on. All right. Okay. So so how has that team evolved? I know there's others on the team too, mm-hmm. obviously, but how has that team evolved as Asher has evolved? Media is a big chunk of, of what we do. Yeah. Well, you know, we've grown and we've we've ebbed and flowed as our, our accounts have ebbed and flowed. And we've been really blessed because we get smart people who don't just do the same old, same old, um, which can be easy to get into a rut like that, but it's looking at new options. Um, are there better options? Um, what we did last year doesn't make sense anymore, and that's what our people do. Yeah. So one of the things that you do is you take problems away for clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so you one of, the, one of the problems you take away, and I, I don't mean to put it in those terms because salespeople are just doing their job, but instead of coming to clients with proposals, they come to you and you make sense of all of that. Mm-hmm. How much time do you spend uh, responding to inquiries from salespeople at media outlets? Oh, gosh. <laughs> A lot. Um, we deal in over 60 markets and when you roll up TV, radio, out of home, um, magazines, newspapers, you probably have 15 to 20 account executives in any given market on the media side. So, you know, hundreds of people and they all want their piece of the pie. So for anyone who's in that world who's listening, what's your advice as far as how do you sell effectively to an entity like Asher? What are some of the things you've seen people do that you like without mm-hmm. without naming names? Or maybe mm-hmm. you can name names about what you like, but mm-hmm. don't name names about what you don't like. What works and what doesn't in terms of giving you what you need to do your job? Have something to offer. Don't just call and say, hey, what accounts do you handle? What business can you give me? Mm-hmm. I hear that at least five times a week, at least five times a week. So that's basically saying, hey, can you do my job for uh-huh. me? Yeah, uh-huh. go do that. Okay. Um, when you have something to talk to me about, show me what I get, 
what you give, what it's going to cost, and give me the numbers to back it up. And that makes it really easy because then I can pop through it and evaluate it and ask intelligent questions and briefer is better. When you consider how many of um, salespeople from the media side there are relative to how many there are of us, brevity is good. Brevity and completeness. All right. And you have to say no a lot. A lot. So how do you, how do you want people to respond? What's the best practice? Obviously, people are disappointed if you mm-hmm. say no to them. But what have you seen that has terminated relationships and what has kept relationships alive when the answer is no? When I say no to something, I'm usually very honest about why. Mm-hmm. It's too much. It doesn't reach our audience. We don't have it in the budget. Um, it doesn't fit our timing. I've looked at the Nielsen ratings or or Scarborough data, and it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, or I might make a recommendation. If you tweak it this way, it might make sense. Um, but a lot of times I'll give them the reasons why they may not like them. Mm-hmm. But I tell them straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that, that has happened to you that has terminated a relationship? <laughs> said no and... Yes. Well, g- give us an example without naming names. Okay. This has been a few years back. Um, I was talking with an account executive who made a big mistake, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mistakes yep. happen. We deal with them. I was not happy. She was not happy. We had words and she called me a not nice name before she hung up the phone. Okay. So she, she thought she was off the phone? Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Life lesson. So Make sure you hang up the, the phone. In the 2021 version, she thought she was on mute and she was not on mute. Before you cl- call your client, one of your largest clients, Yeah. Um, a name. So did you call her on it? I did. <laughs> I did. I regret. That must have been terrible and hilarious at the same time. I picked time. up the phone, called her back. She answered. To her credit, she yeah. answered. And I said, just said, I would strongly recommend you make sure your phone is hung up before you call me. And what did this she colorful say? name? Dead silence. Then okay. I said, I'd like to speak to your boss. Oh boy! All right. Well, so, and this was not a, just an isolated incident. It was the last time she called me a name that I know about. Okay. But all right. Well, she yeah. probably did every I'm time sure. she hung up the phone. But you just I'm, I, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So life lesson: hang up your phone. Before you talk bad about a client. All right. Well, that's, that's <laughs> if you get no other takeaways from uh-huh. this episode of the Asher Marketing Podcast. Remember, <laughs> going to swear at someone, hang up first. All right. Um, so let's switch gears again a little bit. This is all good stuff. And I would love to know what the word is the person used, but we're going to skip past this. This is not a family program. No. You could say it if you wanted to. I'm not. All right. Well, let's talk about some of the stuff you're working on. Now, without mm-hmm. giving away anything proprietary or you know, name-only client names if you want to or you mm-hmm. feel so moved to, but what are some of the things you're working on to give people a sense of what your work looks like? Oh, wow. Wow. Um, well, when you called me and said you needed someone to come talk to you, I am working. I, 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 that's that's something that they hear at Asher all the time is me just lonely up in the conference room saying, well, someone please come talk to me. I was working on a TV buy that I had already placed. Yes. And we're backing it up because of seasonality. Our lovely weather has has not quite turned yet. Yeah. And this is a very weather-driven account. Mm-hmm. So I'm reworking 14 television buys. Okay. So how often do you propose a plan and the first draft is 
approved. Does that happen very often at all? Because I know I am sometimes no. the bane of your existence where no. I'll say, oh, that's a great plan, but I just remembered three things that change everything. Nope. Um, it, that's the norm. Yeah. Um, so the most frequent plans that are approved right away are the ones that are tight to the start date. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, a, a plan changes three, four, five times. If it's an annual plan, it could change monthly, quarterly. Yeah. So so this plan you're working on, 14 markets, mm -hmm. if you're comfortable sharing, where are the markets? Indiana. They're within in Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. So different. Yeah. It's all within Indiana. Different markets within Indiana. Okay. Mm -hmm. So seasonality changes stuff. That's obviously a big job that you mm -hmm. now can't get to until tomorrow because I That's whisked right. you away for the podcast. What, uh, what other things are you working on to give people a sense of what you do? Um, we're working on um, plans for one of our clients is Fantastic Sam's. Mm -hmm. And it is a market-based, individual market-based account where we handle each market as its own entity. They have their own budget. We look at digital, radio, TV, um, on a market-by-market -market basis. And again, because of COVID mm -hmm. and clients being closed, salons being closed, budgets decrease. So we are revising those on a regular basis. And how many markets does Asher work with Fantastic Sam's in about? Do you know? 16-ish. 16, and that's all around the country, mm -hmm. correct? Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously a different animal because you also have to deal with time zones. And mm -hmm. if you're trying to talk to people in Los Angeles, you're probably not going to get them on the phone at eight in the morning. So you got to work your day around all of those factors. Yeah. But, uh, you know, now I have a couple conversations and then the rest happens by email sure. or or message, whatever that is, and then we'll touch base again at the end. But the time difference doesn't seem to be a huge issue. Okay. Uh, unless you want to have a meeting first time thing in the morning, then I'm very happy I'm Eastern and not Pacific. Yeah. Because if we're doing it on my time, yeah, it gets a little early. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, um, one thing I wanted to cover is your involvement in stuff outside of Asher. You've obviously been very involved here for nearly 30 years, but you do other things. You play softball and you are a swim judge, umpire? Swim official. Referee? Swim. Yes, cool? referee would work okay. too. All right. Yes. Um, and you uh, you volunteer for United Way of Allen County yes. and the Ronald McDonald House at Parkview. Correct. Correct? Yeah. Are there is there anything I it's missed? It's kind of like you're stalking me. Uh, well, we've worked together for 16 years. <laughs> True. Good point. This is, I'm, try, I'm trying to make it seem as if we've... I don't know these things because the people <laughs> listening don't know these things. Just play along, Yeah, Jill. okay, sorry. Sorry. Yes, those are the things that I do. I love to work in the yard. Mm -hmm. That's another fun thing. Um, something I just did during the pandemic, which probably was not the best idea. Mm -hmm. I bought a full-size loom. Okay, well, now... I know what a loom is because it's, you showed me photos. It, right. It is to weave rugs. Okay. All right. So how many rugs does one need to weave in life? Well, I don't know yet because I haven't actually started. Okay. All right. So I'll let you know when I get there. All right. All right. I am, I am with all due respect, I'm not going to focus on the loom. That's okay. I'm going to ask just... something that you I know more about, okay, which go. isn't much, but... Um, let's talk about your volunteer stuff mm -hmm. with United Way and Ronald. Do, are you actually using your skills as a media oh, yeah. planner and buyer for those organizations or are you doing other things? Um, both. Both. I'm on, for the United Way, I serve on the marketing committee mm -hmm. and I have helped them with their promotional stuff. And actually, they, 
they are a client that we now work yep. with. And Ashley was on the podcast. Earlier. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, so I'm on that committee, and then I'm also um, a chair for a different committee, which is adult programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been really interesting, mm-hmm. seeing all the different charities and how they inter work uh, our work together across the the city. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how many different charities we had in Allen County. Yeah, well, and, and I've said, even I think on a previous podcast episode, that my experience in volunteering, whether it's on a board or a committee, it's an exercise in finding out what you don't know about right. the organization you're so volunteering true. for. Yeah. So true, so yeah. true. Um, and then on Ronald McDonald House Charities, I also serve as the chair for their marketing committee. Okay, all right. So, so yeah. Using the stuff that you you do professionally. I know, crazy. Yeah, how's that? All right, well, we're going to turn now to what I call the speed round of the show, where I ask you a few questions, but I'm going to mix it up a little bit. The first one I will keep consistent with what I told you I would ask. Um, the first question is career advice. You've obviously had a long and successful career at Asher. Uh, you've worked mostly at Asher, but you've been somewhere else. What's your best career advice for someone who's looking to get into media planning and buying or looking to get into media sales or looking to get into advertising? What is the thing you've learned about having a successful, fulfilling career that you think people ought to know? Know where the data comes from. Uh, what I do is numbers, lots and lots and lots of numbers. And it's really important to know the basis mm-hmm. of those numbers. Um, one of the things that frustrates me a lot is when I talk to someone who's relatively new and they'll say, the computer says. Mm. Computers don't generate numbers. Mm-hmm. There's data behind that. Mm-hmm. So it's knowing what... Um, a hut, which is homes using television. Who's watching television? How do you know? Um, so it's learn learn the numbers from the bottom up. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So so research your research, I think yep. is what I'm hearing there. Yeah. All right. Now, one of the things I typically ask people about on this podcast is how do you sum up your organization? But we've had Asher people on before. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you an option. You can either do that and say, how do you describe Asher? Or you can tell me one or two of your favorite Asher stories that you've experienced during your time here. Oh, wow. And okay. you can also, There's so many you can also pause and we can go to question three and we can come back to that. I've we already can do got, whatever we want. I've already got this one. All right, let's hear it. So, okay, so I got flowers from yes. a dear friend. Yes. At the front desk, I get called and they say, and when is this? Uh, this is probably 10 years ago. Okay, I think I know where this is going, but keep so going. So I go up to get these beautiful flowers, and there's this handwritten note, thanks for all you do, Tim Borney. Mm-hmm. They weren't from Tim Borney. Okay. They were not from Tim Borney. So I knew that. So I walk into Tim's office, he's standing there, and I give him the biggest hug, and he goes absolutely rigid <laughs> because... If you know Tim, he's not the most affectionate individual. Sure. And I'm like, thank you so much for those flowers. It means so much to me that you are acknowledging me. And I go on and on. And all he could say was, uh-huh. And just stood there like a, a stick. So did someone send the flowers on Tim's behalf? No. Or was it a joke? Or No. What, what was the real story? They were the from a friend of mine. Ah. Uh. Just because, yes. and he took credit for him. All right. Okay. 
All right. Yeah. That sounds like Tim. It does, doesn't it? Okay. All right. That sounds exactly like Tim. All right. Last question. I'm going to mix this one up. I'm going to use you as the guinea pig for this question because I haven't asked it quite this way yet. But earlier in this podcast, we had talked to people about how they were muddling through as marketers during the pandemic. But as we are hopefully emerging out of that, I want to change it up a little bit and ask, what did you learn during the global pandemic, during quarantine, during all the stuff that everybody has been through in the last 13 or so months? What did you learn that you will take with you moving forward? In other words, what is the lesson of the last 13 months to you? And what do you think you've taken away from that that's useful to you in the future? Wow, that's, that's, there's a lot of things. First off, I am a very social being mm-hmm. and should not be alone for three weeks at a time mm-hmm. and not see another human being. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, second, also not work-related, you can get alcohol anytime, anywhere, even in a pandemic. Really? Yeah. Anytime, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Really? Well, I could. I raided okay. the neighbor's house while they were gone. All right. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so then I confessing st- to thievery on this podcast. Yeah, they won't they won't surprise them. Got it. Okay. And then um I stood outside of a lovely establishment while they had a card table set up because you couldn't go in mm-hmm. and I could get alcohol that way as okay. well. So that was a really good thing to know. All right. Um and that people are kind. Mm-hmm. People actually you you know open doors and can i help you do you need anything um we had a young man come around the neighborhood and ask if he he could if i needed anything from the grocery Mm -hmm. because he was making a run just and and a neighbor i knew but didn't really know yeah so i thought that was that was so now you can go into his house and steal alcohol from him well yes i didn't actually go into his house yeah but I probably could. Okay. Yeah. Well, and and going back to your point, yeah, there was a lot of bad things that happened, but Mm -hmm. it also showed us that, Mm -hmm. you know, people do have a a willingness to help when Mm -hmm. we're all kind of in the same situation. Yeah. 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 The whole spending too much time alone thing is probably the biggest. So. Well, I would guess you're not the only person who felt yeah. that for sure. And, yeah. and ergo the alcohol, right? That's one, yes. one thing leads to another. Yes. All right. Well, thanks for doing this on the spot. Is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? No, I don't think so. All right. How did this go for you? Because you, you had no time to prepare. I think it went fine, I think. All right. We'll find out if people say... Man, is she a mess? Yeah. So if, <laughs> if anyone has any comments about Jill's performance, call her on the phone and just before hanging up, tell her what you really think and then hastily hang up. Well, there we go. Used to that. Thanks. Well, thanks. Jill, thanks for joining thanks. us and thanks to all of you who took the time to listen to this episode. We'll be back next week with another guest. It may be another surprise guest, but we will have another guest nonetheless. And we hope that you will join us then. 